Welcome to The Hunt, stories from Monster Hunter, where you can sharpen up on your Monster Hunter skills. We discuss Monster Hunter games inside and out, focusing on Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Here are your hosts, Phil Willis and Michael Apps. Welcome to The Hunt, stories from Monster Hunter, where you can sharpen up on your Monster Hunter skills without the need for a whetstone. This is a podcast where we discuss Monster Hunter games inside and out. We are recording episode 16, chapter 16, Oh So Shiny. I am Phil Willis, and this is the second annual appreciation festival. Oh no, uh, Mr. Apps could not be here tonight, and we really want to get a show out there, so he asked me to uh, find a way to get her done so y'all can have something fun to listen to, and we can kind of keep things rolling, so here we are. Uh, so I will be soloing. Hopefully this, uh, this will be a fun experiment for both of us or all of us, all three of us, all, 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 everybody who's listening. Hopefully, uh, I entertain and I dazzle and I give you some really great Monster Hunter advice today. There is plenty to talk about because, of course, it is the Appreciation Festival. And this is happening right now, both the consoles and the PC version, uh, as we head towards uh, them getting synced up. Got all kinds of really cool and exciting stuff going on there. Uh, and I won't go into details, but if you're not aware, the the PC just got Iceborne. Very excited to have my PC friends on board. I, I hope you're as excited as I am because uh, there's so much to do with Iceborne. It's just such a great expansion. You're going to have a great time. And if you're just jumping into the podcast, uh, feel free to go back and listen to our previous episodes because we give you a lot of great tips that can help you out even in Iceborne. But... Um, uh, aside from that, the, the PC has always been a bit behind with the with the consoles in terms of content, uh, but Capcom has put out a news uh, thing that's just, that shows a path that within the next few months or so, they're going to catch the PC up to the consoles in terms of content. We're going to continue to get new variants, monsters, of course, events, and the such on both. But right now, the console, of course, has uh, some some things that the PC doesn't. But within a few months, the PC is going to be all caught up, and they're going to be the same. Unfortunately, no plans to make that cross save. Uh, that is most sad, as I would love, I would, I would, I would plunker down uh, the money right now for Iceborne on the PC if I knew I could import my PlayStation 4 character over. Uh, as much as I love the game, I, I don't want to play two different characters and that high-end grinding. Uh, yeah, it's just too much. But uh, but with that being said, at least my PC friends will be able to experience all the cool stuff I'm experiencing. And we're going to have some some fun things to talk about. But hey, for, the, for this podcast, we also have a lot to talk about. We've got Monster Hunter 4 stuff to talk about. We got, of course, a bunch of Appreciation Week stuff to go over. What I've been doing. We got our training grounds. We've got some questions uh, and more. So, so we're going to jump into it. But uh, as those of you who listened to last show know, we now have sponsors, and I would be—I would just not be a good host if I didn't mention who is sponsoring the show. And today, it is Cross. Cross. I mean, you know, if you've been a Monster Hunter fan for a while, you might have heard of Monster Hunter Generations being referred to as Monster Hunter Double Cross. Uh, you hear that used a lot in Monster Hunter, but it's Monster Hunter's not the only one who used the word Cross. Chrono, Chrono Gross. 
part of the Chrono Trigger series also use Cross, and they're sponsoring today's show. You can hear more about Chrono Cross, the epic RPG from about 15 years ago, over at RPG Backtrack, another podcast over at RPGamer.com. <laughs> uh, that is funny. Uh, anyways, uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with our assigned quest. This is the sign quest where I get to tell you what I've been working on since we last recorded, or as loose as much as I can remember. So for the last few weeks, I've been primarily focused on Monster Hunter 4 and Iceborne. I haven't done a whole lot of generations lately. Uh, Mike was tweeting at me and saying, hey, we really we talk about 4 all the time. We really got to put some more time into it. So I've been doing some more of the high rank, uh, solo high rank stuff. And I got some poison free armor. I, I want to say that was from Jiceropos. Uh, maybe it was purple Jiceropos or whatever it's called. But uh, it, it's got uh, poison and it's got uh, critical affinity up. So that's pretty cool for high rank gear. I'll take it. Of course, it's got the higher armor. I need to be able to absorb some hits. It's not the best looking armor in the world, but it's going to get the job done probably through the first half of high rank for me is what I'm expecting. So I'm just knocking out the seven star quest. I also went back and finished off the six star quest because I had left some of those dangling. Uh, six star is low rank still, but I had a couple of those. Of course, the infamous Wyvern A quest. Uh, I forget what the exact name of the quest is, but it's right at the tippy top of six star and you go and you grab the egg and it's not that far away from your home base. Now on these egg quests that people complain about, I, I which I totally get, I complain about them too. Don't get me wrong. But I, I sometimes think that they're, you just got to know how to approach them. Uh, you, you I, if there's a Wyvern involved, and usually there's a Raytheon or Rathalos or something, you want to kill that thing before you start trying to haul off eggs. So so make sure you do that. I always kill off the Raytheon right at the beginning. And then you're dealing with trying to run around just the, the small creatures to get back and try not to fall any cliffs and break the egg. I know that there's some gear skills that can help you out with that if you're really struggling with it, but I might drop an egg here and there, but as long as I kill the Raytheon Rathalos, don't, don't try. You, you know, you might be tempted just to grab the egg and run back to the base with the Raytheon hot on your tails, uh, but don't do it. It's it's just not worth it. Take take care of of that reptile and then go back to taking the eggs back to the base. But what's super funny is what happens on some of these quests is you'll go and you'll get one egg and you'll take it all the way back to base and then you'll go back to get the egg and you'll take it back to base and you got one more egg and you realize that the trip to the nest has been blocked by a boulder, the shortest way anyway. So now you got to take a longer way. Well, this six-star quest was super evil because after I grabbed the first egg, it put a boulder in my way, so I had to take a long way. And then when I took it, it took back the second egg and I had to go back to get a required third egg, well, now they had stuck a second boulder on another path. So I essentially had to walk all the way the, around the entire lands, going through like seven different areas to bring that egg back to base. Uh, bloody evil. 
Uh, I'm telling you, those those developers who were coming up with that level were just doing all kinds of little evil villain laughter when they were designing that level. Uh, then I went back to doing some seven stars. And speaking of evil, there is a quest to, and it's, I believe it's a key quest. You really need to do it, but you got to knock out multiple Narcillas. And if you're not familiar with Narcilla, that's the big spider lady. You know, so you just traipse it through the forest. There's an overhead of trees, and she just suddenly swoops down like Spider-Man with all eight of her legs. And, and, and I'm telling you, this is the 3DS. doesn't have the highest polygon count, but dang nabbit, she is one scary-looking Spider-Woman. Do not play that in 3D. I, I might have almost wet my pants. Uh, she is just bloody evil. Of course, she webs you up, then she strikes you. She'd, try, she'd poison me if I didn't have poison-proof armor, too, uh, no doubt. But even with my pro- poison-proof armor, she was a handful, and then you have to fight at least a second one. Uh, of course, that quest is there for you to, to hunt as many in a row as you want. I should take a look at her armor, see what her armor is, because uh, obviously, when you got a quest like that, uh, it's really easy to, fall, uh, to farm multiple but I don't know if I could just honestly, once I'm done with, with Spider Lady, I don't want to go back and do anymore. So I'm, I, I just, she is scary. Uh, and Mike and I were, were half joking about how scary would it be if she came to Monster Hunter World in her full resolution, in that full resolution on the PlayStation? No, there, there's just no way. Kids would be screaming. You would not want to play that in front of your kids. Uh, last, I got the urgent quest for Seven Star after knocking out a whole bunch of other Seven seven star quest the urgent quest that i need to get up to eight star quest is to fight a monoblos and i did it i was like what's a monoblos i have no idea what a monoblos is and so he's in the desert i go on a track you know go through the different lands till i find him pops up from underneath the sand i I don't know why i didn't think about this (laughs) it's a diablos but it's got like one horn instead of two get it monoblos (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm using a charge blade, which is probably okay. I, I had to retreat. I had to. I, I really wasn't. Uh, didn't have the right items to deal with him, so I, I retreated. I'm gonna go back and take care of business later. But usually, in in Monster Hunter World, to beat a Diablos, I would use a lance. I just let him run right into my my shield and just counterattack. So I'm I'm uh, debating whether I want to go and make up a lance, or Mike would tell me to make a gun lance, right, uh, to take out Monoblos. Of course, you could use a charge blade, but mm, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so that that's my Monster Hunter 4 stuff. Now, I've also been doing a lot in Iceborne. It's Appreciation Week. There's so many cool things to do. First of all, uh, you can you want to, as you do quest and as you log in, you get, and I could be mixing up this terminology here, but you get appreciation tickets. With those appreciation tickets, you can make these cool robes. And I, I, I can't remember exactly what they're called, but they have cool little stars inside of them. Very cool. Uh, and as your robes move in the wind, the stars stay in the exact same place, like constellations. It's very mesmerizing. Uh, it's a very neat effect. So if you spend some of those tickets, I think it takes five and a few other materials to make an entire set. With that set, you if you go out and fight monsters with that set, then you have a greater chance of getting the VIP uh, appreciation tickets, which can in turn be cashed in to get the layered version of this outfit. And if you're not familiar, layered armor in Monster Hunter World is basically transmogs. It basically goes over your current armor so that you can look 
you know, you can look like you're wearing these robes all the time, even though underneath you're wearing Raytheon armor or whatever. So I had to grind, I had to grind that up. And you can use those appreciation tickets to also for, or those VIP tickets for getting certain decorations for your room, uh, getting your alien outfit for your palico which comes complete with a flying saucer which is really awesome the the saucer is the weapon i guess and and when you're out there in the field it hovers behind the cat and glows on the ground and kind of throws it forward like a boomerang but in town is where it really shines because if you just walk around go to a dark area if you get this outfit go to a dark area and just stand there and watch the flying saucer. You'll actually see it start beaming. I say dark area because you can see it stand out a bit better. But it'll start beaming up tiny little palico aliens. It looks just like your cat. Just much more, just much, much more miniature. Much smaller. And it's just beaming, teleporting them up. Beaming them up. It is cute as hell. The level of detail in this game, I've been playing it for 500 hours, and I'm still amazed at the attention to detail. It is absolutely awesome uh, and, and whatnot. Then, uh, what else do we have? We have, uh, I fought, uh, in order to get up some other tickets that I need to get, I think it's called the Guild Armor, you gotta go and you gotta fight a, t- a Baryoth in the arena. And I forgot just how tough Master Rank Baryoth is because while he's a bit of a pain in the butt in the older games, here he's he, in, in in Monster Hunter World, Iceborne. Boy, oh boy, is he squirrely and jumpy and all that other jazz. Uh, it took me 30 minutes or so to beat the first one. Uh, and then I started developing some better techniques and now I'm down to like 22 minutes. Woohoo! But man, he is just a, he is just a squirrely... Uh, guy just can't stay still but the reason why i see you got to so beat a ton of them is you for each one you kill you get i forget what kind of certificate or token it's called which can be used along with some other material to build these new guild weapons and oh my gosh are they awesome looking they are just draw dropping well designed the guild weapon series they got for all 14 weapons just about every single one of them is a home run just a beautiful arrangement of gold and green that looks very regal and it's just super well designed i think they are really addressing the common complaint that's out there that i share that they kind of dropped the ball a little bit on the weapon design in iceborne there are some good looking weapons in iceborne but they're in the minority it's certainly a little bit of a step up from the very vanilla weapon sets we got in monster hunter world uh but it's still a far cry from your from your uh from your older games in terms of design and the such so some of these weapons are just sad i mean i can't remember any examples off the top of my head but i remember looking at i don't know if it's glavinus or Nargakuga or whatever and i remember i remember like in the older games those weapons look really cool the sword and shield looked really cool but in Iceborne, it looks like the iron version of the weapon, but they put some feathers on it. It's just sad. So I, the, the the guild weapons here really addresses that complaint. It really does. They're really cool. You got to go check them out. And and I like the way these look so much. I'm just going to make them all for all 14 weapons during this limited event. You got some time to do this. I think it goes on until the at least through the first week of February, if not the second. But it's just so cool. So, so cool. 
so I, I, I highly recommend you go and you check those out. Now, with those tickets, you're also going to need some Berioth, uh, some Amber. It's called Amber something. But it essentially comes from breaking the head of Berioth, as I found out the hard way when I start running out of those. Because I didn't have a ton of those lying around. It takes two for each weapon. So while you're farming Berioth, make sure you break his head. It's hard because his head is awfully squirrely. But once you get his timings down, uh, usually after he breathes a tornado, if you're close enough, you just zip right around. Don't get hit by the tornado he's breathing out. You can hit him on the head. Clutch clawing him on the head can be difficult because the guy's in rage like 85% of the time. But if you get him while he's exhausted, you can definitely get some hits in there. Uh, then flinch him into the wall. Knock him down. He'll take head trauma damage. That's going to wear it down some more. And, and him being knocked down means you're going to get more hits on him. It's in the arena, so you can lure him over to where there's a little ledge and do some jumping attacks. You should be able to get at least two mounts on him if you if you just stay focused on that for a bit. So with all that in mind, breaking the head, not the, it's something you do have to focus on. It's not going to come naturally. But if you do, uh, you'll get those head parts that you need to make those weapons. Now, that just gives you the lower rank version of those weapons, like rank 10 or rank 11 you still want to level this up to i think it's rank 12 or whatever so to do that you also need some king tokens and those come from doing arena six and seven arena quest six and seven arena quest are quest designed for two people you can solo those but they're really hard especially since you have to choose one of five prescribed weapon and armor combinations and they are not the highest ideal weapon and armor combinations you almost feel like you're fighting with one arm tied behind your back you also go in with set items as well so uh, those can be really really tough even with another person without another person you're gonna get you're you're gonna have a tough time people do it not me uh so i was doing that with my with my brother for a while and then i started doing it with randos and in order to do that with randos i had to join into their gathering hub so look for a gathering hub that's specifically set up for arena quest and see what that gets you but uh you know i had some pretty good I had some pretty good runs with people. wasn't wasn't too bad out there. Last but not least, I've been working on leveling up my uh, guiding lands. Uh, I got both the lava and the rotten veil lands up to level six. Where at level six, you start getting some new variants and tempered creatures that you may not have seen before. Uh, and that's integral for getting some of the really cool special high end pieces that you need. Ran into brute tigrex. And boy, I mean, T-Rex is already a very fast, very jumpy, bloody evil creature. Brute T-Rex is basically had too much caffeine. He's just, he, 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 as far as I can tell, he does a little bit of a different attack pattern. But his big thing is that his roar can actually hurt you. There's a lot of wind damage in there as well. Uh, and he roars a lot. Brute Tigrex, if I was going to farm him, I, w I would just do a little research to see what it would take to make a full earplug set. Earplug decorations are a bit hard because they're three gym slot deals. And you need five of them for complete earplug protection. But maybe even just three or four ranks would be helpful against this guy because, man, he roars a lot. So he's stunning you, and then he can do damage on you, and he's all kinds of jumpy. Very easy for this guy to KO you. 
so be careful on that. Fought fought a couple of tempered creatures as well. Got KO'd a couple of times. Uh, welcome to the hiring uh, guiding lands. But that's 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 what's going to give you give you some really cool extra you know pieces. And I'll talk a little bit about that uh, later on in answer to a question I got. But for now, uh, I think that's caught up with what I'm doing. What are you doing? I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter at JC Servant uh, or drop a comment into the uh, question or the comment section over on the website where this podcast can be found. Just go to rpgamer.com podcast, The Hunt, and you can leave a comment on the latest show. And that's where I find some of our questions. Uh, But we'd love to hear from you. We're going to take a tiny break and we'll be back with another segment. Welcome back. Uh, this is a Training Grounds, a special short series of segments we're doing, going over each of the weapons in order of, I don't know it's order of popularity or effectiveness or whatever, but hey, they got tiers on them. And uh, on the high-end tier list, uh, the next weapon we have is the Longsword. Uh, if you're interested, by the way, I mean, you can go back and listen to our last couple of shows. We started this on episode 14. We talked about the Sword and Shield. Then we moved on to the lance, and now we're on the longsword. The longsword is a very popular weapon from what I understand. It is – so the longsword is is uh, is a melee weapon, of course, but it, it features, uh, like all the weapons, a unique moveset. But it, it, it's, it's very skill skill-oriented. It is definitely a weapon that if you are a really good skilled player – uh, that's really good at Dark Soul games and the such. The longsword may just be for you because it really rewards timing and technique, uh, and, and 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 how much damage you do. So it, it's capable of doing extended combos, which again, timing is key here because when you say the word extended with with iceborne jumpy monsters, especially for me, I I can't see it in my mind, but really good players are able to figure out where those openings are at exploit those openings to get the monster to flinch and that gives them more of an opening so they can continue and finish off their combo i mean the that's that's how good you have to be you have to know where to hit the monster how to hit the monster when to hit the monster get them to flinch so it leaves you enough of an opening to finish your combo but if you can if you can finish up a combo then then your weapon will kind of level up it it becomes a more powerful spirit blade and it'll change colors on this on the icon that's in the upper left letting you know that you're 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 saving up more power and when it's fully powered up it's doing uh it gets extra bonus uh highest the highest bonuses to 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 damage and the such um but it has good damage it's a pretty decent as far as speed goes and it gives you and and as far as mobility it's not going to be as fast as the the dual daggers or the dual swords uh or the end i think it's a it might be up there with insect blade but it's definitely not as fast as sword and shield uh but but it is definitely a lot faster than let's say lance or especially great sword uh you can get around still pretty quickly and sheath it uh you know kind of which by the way just to backtrack just a tiny bit i was playing a lot more short shield and taking care of your boy and, and monster hunter world that weapon when you put it away it's almost instant it's something i'm not used to with the insect blade where i twirl it around first before it gets put away but the long sword you know it goes pretty, 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 
fast when you put it away. It also has really good range for a melee weapon. It's a really long sword. I know some of the problems when you go with the dual, uh, the the dual swords, dual daggers, or the uh, the sword and shield. It can be really hard when you got a monster whose tail is way up in the air to get that. With the charge blade, I can at least go into axe mode. And do the upward swing to get some of those. I mean, just even dealing with some of these bosses. I can't even reach the bottom of their stomach unless I got that high attack. Uh, so if you're playing a short weapon, you're just left to try to hit the monster on the legs for some of these guys without the clutch claw. Uh, but with the long sword, that's not really an issue. Because you've got such range on it. And it's got upward motions as uh, vertical slashes as well as you know thrusts and, and, and draw slash and a rising slash. It's got all these different movements. So it's really easy to get to where the monsters at despite the fact that it's a melee weapon um and like i said if you can do those combos your weapon can get much stronger as it goes along now uh as far as drawbacks it doesn't block it's longer than a great sword or it's about as long as a great sword but it doesn't have the defensive ability of a great sword so in a tight pinch uh you better know how those invincibility frames work <laughs> or you're gonna get your butt kicked uh or just roll roll really well um and it's not the best multiplayer weapon. Because it does these big, wide, sweeping attacks, it's really easy to trip up your teammates and break their combos. And possibly leave them open to attack from the monsters. It won't actually hurt them directly, but it could very well hurt them indirectly. So keep that in mind. Uh, but it is it is, it is, is a weapon that you need to put the time in to, to really learn it. I feel like with certain weapons, like the lance, I can teach anyone how to use the lance in just a minute or two. The combos are really, really simple. And so teaching them, the, the basics of it are pretty easy. And then it's up to them to, to, to take that knowledge and learn exactly how, you know, when you should block and when you should counter thrust uh, and when you should start doing a three-hit combo. But at that point, you're just, you're just you know, learning the monsters. But with the longsword, you do need to take time to get to learn all of the different combos that are out there and then as you get those down then you can start figuring out the timings with all the different monsters uh to really get the most out of it so it, it is it is really an interesting weapon really a deep weapon that really rewards uh skilled gameplay and and so for that reason it is something that i usually will suggest to more experienced players or players coming from deeper games, uh, you know, to difficult games like the Dark Souls uh, type, the uh, Code Vein and, and those other action RPGs that require a lot of skill um, and the such. Now, I use a longsword uh, quite a bit with Monster Hunter 3, but keep in mind, I never get a low rank in Monster Hunter. I think if you're going to come into Iceborne at Master Rank, you're gonna you're gonna have to check your expectations at the door. You're probably gonna get your butt kicked a lot. I would highly suggest you practice on slower monsters first, so you don't rage quit. <laughs> because if you can get it down, it is it is one of the most effective weapons in the game. So, uh, and that's why it's so popular. If you need some inspiration, just Google up some YouTube videos. Uh, there's people with long swords who's taken out some of the most powerful monsters in a few minutes flat. Uh, just absolutely, it's almost poetry to watch these people in motion. But uh, that's it. That's uh, that's my little uh, sales pitch there for the longsword. Uh, next time, I think we're talking about the dual blades, but that's going to have to wait till next week. I'm going to take another break here and come back to uh, to do an investigation with you. Hold on tight.
In the investigation section, we like to talk about a monster and all kinds of juicy detail. And this this uh, chapter's monster is Nargakuga. Uh, Nargakuga, a classic monster, making a return here with the Iceborne expansion. He is a flying wyvern, and he is covered with all kinds of black fur. Kind of looks like a bat, but uh, but much longer and certainly much larger. Uh, but he is he is vicious. He is jumpy, and as a lot of monsters are in Iceborne, and he is mean and vicious and causes bleeding. Uh, you can find him natively in the Coral Highlands in the ancient uh, forest, and he his weakest to uh, fire. Uh, and thunder, especially actually, you know, fire's a two-star weakness. Thunder's your three-star weakness. There, if you're an elemental player, you're gonna want to focus in on hitting with thunder. He is, he is eh, one star with ice and dragon, so I wouldn't worry about those. And and very resistant to water, so that's not gonna be a, of a big help. Uh, for you there uh he's as far as the other elements go like your poisons your sleep your paralysis average two stars no no glaring weaknesses or strengths there so feel free to use those if you uh if you like to lean on those a lot but he does spend a little bit of time in the air and he is very very jumpy so kind of keep that in mind if you're not really good with the slower weapons and don't have your timings really down i would highly suggest you consider a faster weapon i really like to go against him with the sword and shield because i can I can put up that shield really quick if, if I if he catches me off guard, and then do a couple of quick counter attacks. Uh, and if I need to heal, it's it's quick to put away and and heal. Of course, you don't with the sword and shield, you don't have to to put the weapon away to heal. But I just I guess I do out of habit and run a little bit faster too. So, but uh, yeah, uh, he is he he not only hits you with uh, with the bleeding, but just a lot of quick fast attacks. He's he fires these spikes out of his tail like a porcupine. He'll just Fling his tail up in the air, and those spikes will come flying forward, and if they hit you, those tend to cause a lot of the bleeding damage that you get. Thankfully, if you focus on the tail, you can you can chop it off. It's a bit on the tough side, but I have chopped that off before, and I believe that stops all that little spiky attack stuff from happening. His his head is his break his his claws and his uh, tail are all breakable. His uh, his head and his tail are weak points. So if you're looking to do the most damage possible, that's where you're going to want to want to focus at um but uh he does he does drop a number of uh of pieces of course depending on how you beat him up uh that can be useful for all kinds of uh weapons and earth and Arcuga line of weapons and several pieces of armor uh in fact uh i had uh Nargakuga armor low rank i believe that was in monster hunter was it four or ultimate i'm i don't remember but the but the armor here in high rank looks very very similar. Um, it's it kind of makes you look like one of those puffy baggy pants ninjas. So I'm not the biggest fan of of, of the look of the armor. Meh, I could leave it and take it or leave it. But I mostly would would leave it. But I did like it back in the older editions. I, I swear they with Iceborne they added to the puffy in your legs, just really huge in these pants. Don't know how you can be a stealthy. The idea is you're supposed to look like a stealthy ninja, but man. Whew. Anywho, uh, yeah, but he's not too, too bad. It's just, 
like with uh, really the theme of Iceborne, if we haven't talked about this before, is getting used to faster monsters. Really, that's what this really boils down to. And he's just one of those prime examples. Because he is flying, it's not unusual for him too as he's attacking you to take to the air for a little bit and then come kind of diving at you. Baroth does the same thing, uh, just a different approach. So yeah, this guy will throw himself at you, uh, pounce at you a lot. Uh, if your back is turned because you rolled away, for all you know, he jumped even further away just so he could pounce on you later on. Don't let your guard down. It's surprising the amount of distance Sunshine can cover in one epic leap. It's it's pretty scary. But yeah, Nargaku. Not, not too, too bad. Uh, but just know what you're kind of getting into there. Uh, the bleeding, the bleeding damage he does isn't isn't too bad. You don't, I, I don't, I don't think I really took him bleed uh, protection. Just remember, at least, uh, is is if you're bleeding, you can always go away and just squat for you know. If you hold down the, I think it's the X button, your character will hunch down, and you do that for like five or six or seven seconds, and the condition will go away. You can also take in, I think it's called a sura meat. That will also take care of the condition. Yeah. Of course, getting five to seven seconds while, without him kicking your butt is fun. Uh, a tanking Palico can be a big help here so that he has something else to be hostile on uh, so that you can have your moments when you need to heal and be offensive when you're not healed and not worry about him eviscerating you every second of the day uh, or of the fight. All right. Well. That's it for uh, Nargakuga. Uh, we'll take another quick little break. Come back and answer some of your questions with Argosy Mail. Welcome back. I'm ready to read your questions here with the Argosy Mail segment. First question I got in was on our Discord channel. We do have a Discord server. We'd love to hear from you. I heard from Scar with this question. Uh, but you can head on over to rpgamer.com, click on the community tab, go down to Discord server, and it'll give you a link so you can come in and chit-chat with us. We have a we have a channel set up just for Monster Hunter. We'd love to chat hot tips with you and talk about what you're working on. Anywho, uh, the question is... What is your favorite armor, aesthetically and usefulness? You know, the really, really cool thing about uh, Iceborne is that you no longer have to choose because of layered armor. Now, layered armor has been around with the original Monster Hunter. Uh, and I believe Generations might have something later on, but I haven't got that far yet. But with, 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 with Monster Hunter, there were certain pieces, there were certain layered armor sets that you could earn, usually through limited events, that you could put on and it would cover your normal armor. But they were very, very limited. There was only like maybe three or four of them. And, and then, you know, they were okay. Now with Iceborne, they talked about basically allowing people to create layered armor uh, that is based off of the low and master or low and high rank versions of the monsters. And when the expansion first came out, we had maybe a dozen. And now that we have the big patch for the Appreciation Festival, we've got 
it feels like closer to three dozen now. And so you can, you, like, you can build the high rank Kirin armor set or the, uh, the high rank Baroth set or, or whatever. It gives you 36 different things. And plus, there's been more added with certain events as well, including the one I just mentioned with the alien and the constellations and stuff. So you, you, you got quite a few layered armors. So now it is very uh, possible. It's in the past. Uh, you usually had two sets of armor. You had the one that your character looked best in but wasn't exactly optimized, and then you had the one that was very optimized, but it usually involved taking different pieces from different monsters to get uh, and with Monster Hunter World, it was to get certain set bonuses, and, and you ended up looking like Frankenstein as a result. So to answer the question, though, which ones are my favorite? So aesthetically, I have been... Ooh, that's a good question. Let me see if I can find the name out for real quick. Due to the power of recording time compression, I looked it up. It is the Oolong set. It came from the Holiday Joy Festival, which wasn't that long ago. Uh, and and with the Appreciation Festival, they bring back all the previous events, so you can still get this one right now. But on, uh, it's basically this very Chinese-looking outfit. And it's really cool. It's got like a dragon design and such on it. So I really like that. And I usually wear that as my layered set. Of course, what's really cool with the layer sets is I'll wear all kinds of different ones that I've got set up with different weapons that I equip. It'll automatically put a layer set and I'll have a different look each time. But if you're going to ask me what's my favorite one right now, uh, before that was Valhazak. I really like the, the whole gothic Valhazak look. So that, that's, a, that's a close runner-up. Now... As far as far as effectiveness goes, uh, you know, it used to be when I was playing through low rank and high rank, I would just focus on either what gave me the best fire resistance because the core game was so based on fire damage, so much did fire damage. I just wore Rathalos all the time. Uh, Rathalos armor, and it might pay much attention to skills, and I don't think you really, really have to. As you're going through low rank and high rank, it's just really, you know, getting through that game. But as you get into master rank, and you're really getting better with the game, and the grind is slowing you down, uh, the skills become more and more prominent, more uh, more important. So, um, I'm more of a defensive player, because I'm never going to be as good as the top-end longsword players that we were talking about earlier. So, I am using uh, a few pieces of I believe it's Golden Rathalos. Yeah, Golden Rathalos, which gives you the protection bonus. And with two pieces of Gold Rathian, uh, you get you get uh, the the skill Gold Rathian Essence, which raises the maximum level of the Divine Blessing skills. Divine Blessing skills is one of the, if not the best, defensive skill in the game. It gives you a 15, 30, or it gives you a certain percent chance, I think a 30% chance, uh, to avoid 15, 30, 50% damage. And with this, it actually goes up to 60%, and the chance for it to activate goes up. It, It really is helpful against some of these monsters that just hit so hard. Uh, so that's, 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 uh, that, that I think is worth it for two pieces of Rathian. I might be using three because I think one of the pieces just throws in, uh, some extra divine blessing skill points to get you up to that five, uh, without having a decoration slot, uh, for it. So I, I'd recommend that. And then for the other pieces, I'm using, uh, big monkey boy, uh, Rajong. 
So it, he's got he's got an interesting bonus that you get with two or three pieces of his armor that allows you to ignore like when your weapon normally would bounce off a monster because that monster part is too hard. Instead, it just continues to go like normal. Now understand that in Monster Hunter world, when your weapon bounces off a monster because his his thing is his skin is too hard and your or your weapon's too dull, you still do I believe it's the normal damage or it's just a little bit less than normal damage, but it dulls your weapon a lot faster and it's going to completely break the start of the, you know the the combo before it even gets started because your weapon just bounces off and you waste precious precious time. Uh, having the ability to just ignore that and just keep start my you know keep going with my combo, I think is a huge increase to my overall uh, DPS. So I use a combination of those two. Sometimes if I want to fight something a little bit more offensively, uh, I'll swap out. Uh, the Golden Rathalos for usually for uh, I think it's Kieran or uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. But there's there's a creature that gives you a better chance to get uh, rewards when you complete a quest or capture a monster. In high rank, it was Kieran, and I think it's Kieran here. But there's another one that does it as well. Um, but I'll swap out the Golden Rathian with uh, with that set bonus. If I know I'm just going to go out all offensive and I'm not too worried about my, my defense. So, but for the most part, it's called Rithian and Rajong. So great question. May not be the most optimized set that's out there. What are you using? Do you have some better ideas? I'd love to hear. Love, love for you to answer that question too. I'd like to hear what other people's builds are. Let's see. We got another question. Let me take a look. Uh, how do I get tender place from Shah Ishvalda? I really need them to upgrade my weapons. Oh man, was this this boy? This is a roadblock that I ran into. So, so Shara Ishvalda, for those of you who don't know, is the final boss of Iceborne. Big spoiler, but it's been out for a while now. Okay, PC gamers, uh, PC gamers, if you don't want to be spoiled, I'm about to tell you about some some hot tips here to get to beat into Shara and uh, final boss here. Uh, so feel free to skip forward by a, by a few minutes here. Anyways, uh, Shara is a dragon encased in rock. So the first form is just covered in rock, and and then the second form, when it's just the dragon, it's you know it's just brutally offensive, but it's slow. Anywho, the tender plates come from breaking its head. <laughs> but get this: with most monsters, you just break the head and and you get the pieces at the end, or it drops a shiny, you pick it up. <laughs> Not with Shara, no, no, no. You've got to break the head twice. When you break the head twice, it's got falls off like a chunk of its head falls to the ground and you got to carve it like you'd carve the tail when it falls off now his tail doesn't fall off by the way you can't cut off his tail i've tried uh it doesn't work but you can break his head and get a big old head piece that works pretty much like the tail you got to go and carve it up and you want to do that twice so uh you got to break it twice and then you got to carve it twice and let me tell you boys and girls breaking that head twice before pumpkin actually dies or you die uh is really difficult now let me start by saying, if you haven't fought Shara before, it can be pretty intimidating. But once you get through a couple of fights with him and you get to learn his tells, he's he's not really difficult to beat. What is difficult is breaking that head before he dies. Uh, that took me many attempts to figure out and searching the internet for some hot tips. So here's what I learned, and I've tried it myself, and it completely works. First, get through his rock form as quickly as possible. 
However you want to do that, that that's up to you. Okay, uh, I use an inset glaive, uh, and 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 you can uh, you can flinch, uh, you can break off rocks from him by uh, using the catching on to him with the grappling hook, pulling your the clutch claw, pull yourself up with the clutch claw, break some pieces off of him, use those pieces to make a flinch shot him into the wall. With any luck, you get the part of the wall that explodes. It'll knock him down. Uh, you can do that twice. That really helps to speed up the combat. Aside from that, when he's underneath the sand, beat him on the head as quickly as you can. Aside from that, just keep you know working on his weak points, as the trainer keeps telling you throughout the fight. It takes anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes, depending on how good you are and how leveled up your weapon is. But once the rocks fall off, that's when the stuff gets... This is where your chance to shine comes in. Uh, I will usually... By the way, you want a far caster with this guy... Uh, I will far cast her back to camp and I'll go and get my hammer. And I've actually got an armor set that's set up with part breaker. So part breaker skill, if you got some gems for that, that can help out here. Not, not absolutely necessary, but we'll make this next chore a lot easier if you can get it. Uh, each piece of part breaker raises your part breaking damage by 10, 20 or 30%. So you're going to get through his pieces that much fat, break his head that much faster. Then when you get, uh, the other thing I did was change your palico to a low damaging weapon, preferably one with something like paralyzation on it. Why? Because in a long drug out fight, which this will be because you're going to be focusing on just head damage here, your Palico's damage will add up quickly and may contribute to him dying faster than you wanted him to. So you want your Palico using as soft of a weapon as possible, and I usually use him with the tanking item, uh, the, the, the tanking Palico item, so that he keeps uh, Shara's attention as much as possible anyways. Get a hammer. You, you, you don't have to be a good hammer player. <laughs> It does help if you have an upgraded hammer, as upgraded as you can get anyway. So more damage you do, the better. <laughs> then, when you're fighting him, clutch claw him on the head as often as you can. Timing is important, because if you clutch him at the wrong time, he's just going to laser beam you off. And if you're not careful, he can combo you into a quick death, depending on your armor. So do be a little bit careful. But essentially, this comes down to spamming clutch claw and hitting him on the head with hammer combos. And if you're lucky, you'll KO him once or twice. At which point, you can just do circle, 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 circle when you're at his head. And your guy will be like Bam Bam from the Flintstones. Bam, 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 and keep beating him on the head real quick. All kinds of extra head damage. But focus on the head exclusively. Don't do anything else that you don't have to as far as damage goes until you've broken the head twice. Usually it takes me about four clutch claws with the, the hammer that I have, which I think I just built the ore hammer all the way up. Uh, it's actually got a pretty good uh, damage. But uh, I think it takes me like four clutch claws to get that first. And it'll say, you know, re, you know research points, uh, broken monster parting. You know you've broken the head uh, if you... You know, got that message while you're beating on the head. Uh, the second time takes like 8 to 12 clutch claws. It just depends on how many times you got to knock him down and beat him upside the head while he was down on the ground. Uh, it can be tough. But if you stick to that, uh, you'll get that second, you'll get that second um, head break and the carve will fall off. And using this method, I have never really failed to, 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 to be successful with that technique once I, once I figure that out. Like I said, I do use part breaker, so that I, your mileage may vary depending on the power of your weapon and whether or not you got part breaker. If you don't have those, you know, if you don't have good, decent ranking on your weapon and you don't have part breaker, this could take you significantly longer. And you got to be careful. You don't want sunshine to die before you you, you got that second that second kill in. So that's I, I will say that it was kind of interesting because it was the first. I felt like it was really the first hard gate that 
that Iceborne gave me that really forced me to be creative with my skills. So I had to create, I mean, normally I had one set of armor that I used to fight any kind of elder dragon using my insect glaive and elder seal and certain items I would take in like, like bombs and the such for any sort of elder dragon fight. And that's what I was pretty much using against him. And that's enough to kill him. Actually, kill him is pretty easy. Once you learn his tells, he's, he's slow. He telegraphs way ahead of time. And he doesn't have a lot of uh, firepower behind him. So just attacking him from the rear is, is a pretty safe option. But in order to just break that head, to get that tender plate, forced me to go, oh, okay. I need to focus on a weapon that's really good at breaking the head. I need to focus. I need to put some part break. I need to fit some part breaker in there. I need to make sure I maintain survivability through this because this really exposes you to a lot of danger and being quickly comboed by him. So I need to up my my defensive game as well and my skill set there. So it really forced me to go back and get creative and grind up a couple of things in order to go back and then farm those tender plates that you really need for a lot of these things. So... I hope that helps somebody. If it does, let me know. Uh, okay. Uh, we're going to just uh, step away for just a second, and we'll come back to wrap this up with the canteen. And this is our final segment the canteen uh well you know which basically mike and i normally talk about what we're doing for the next week or two for me personally i'm finishing up festival event stuff and then i'm gonna keep plugging away at monster hunter 4 and take a break from iceborne for a bit i've got other games i need to play for the site too so uh i'll keep hopping in and working on my guiding lands because boy i tell you one of the nice things from doing all these events is that my master rank is now 99 so i'm sure i have some urgent assignment with some very nasty tempered monsters that are really going to test me but then i should if i can get past those i should be able to level up those guiding lands to level seven and unlock some really rare stuff there so that's exciting also, you know, sometimes when I'm um, on the phone with somebody and I'm just relaxing, I'll go to Guiding Lands and put on a set that's designed, uh, that's got some skills for gathering and keeping the small monsters from attacking me. And I'll just go around and gather minerals and bones. Uh, those are very useful for some of the layered sets that you're going to want to make. You're going to want lots of pieces from, from some of those, uh, some of those rare pickups from those bone piles. In ores. Plus, the ores can be uh, traded into the the steamworks in order to get some rare prizes there. So uh, that that's that's some that's some fun stuff. Uh, but that's uh, that's about it. That's on uh, my docket. Uh, as a total total aside, I did spend some time over the last few weeks uh, playing uh, some Dauntless. I need to get a write up done for our website, so I popped in and spent a few dozen hours there. And have wrote up my impressions over at rpgamer.com. So if you're interested to know what someone who has spent hundreds and hundreds of hours playing Monster Hunter uh, thought after spending at least a few dozen hours uh, with Dauntless, you can head over to rpgamer.com and check out my thoughts there. Here's a hint. Not as good as Monster Hunter World, but not as bad as some people think. And some people make it out. Um, it's, it's come away since it's early release days, but there you go. I think that's our show for today. Uh, again, remember this show has been sponsored by 
Chrono Cross. Aha, hear more about it at rpgamer.com on the RPG Backtrack podcast. Uh, rpgamer.com, uh, head on over. That's your source for news reviews and home to all kinds of good gaming reviews. Got tons of podcasts over there for you to listen as well. Uh, the little thing always talks about that anyways. So I'll just remind you all, until next time, may your weapons always stay sharp. The Hunt, Stories from Monster Hunter, is a production of RPGamer.com, your source for RPG news, reviews, podcasts, and more. Leave your comments on our forums or hit us up at Twitter. You can reach out to Phil at JC Servant and Michael Apps at Ask Wheels. Let us know what you think and help shape our future shows. When you got a craving to turn monsters into fashionable gear, come back and join us on The Hunt, Stories from Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter.